You give me hope. What a blessing. Before we begin, if you would, just hold the hand of someone next to you and let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this night, this rainy night, and I'm especially thankful for all those that are, that are here with us tonight. Um, but Lord, uh, as we've worked over these past few weeks and these next few days, I just continue to pray that this just wouldn't be a service, this would be an experience, that these next few days would be an experience and just draws us closer to you. And through that, we're propelled to a place we've never been before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be begin our time tonight together on a, on a mental uh, trip or a mental uh, journey, kind of in your, in your mind's eye. So we're going to begin by picturing yourself at the White House. Many of you have been to the White House, and you're, you're probably picturing that same scene where you're, you're on this side of the gate, and you're looking over all, all the beautiful, beautiful grounds that are there. Uh, and, and, and this particular day, your, your hair is perfect in place if you have any, and also your shoes are, are shined. And, and then you turn, you turn from that familiar place and you start making your way toward the gatehouse uh, or, or the, uh, the entrance. And your pace is brisk and your stride is sure. And it should be because you are going to see the president. And you have just a few matters that you would like to discuss with the president. The first one is the fire hydrant in your yard. It's just a little bit too bright, and you just hope that by talking to the president, he can ha help you to dim that down uh, just a little bit. The second is world peace, and you're for it, and you hope that he can create it. And the third is uh, college tuition. Uh, college tuition is too high, uh, so you'd like to talk to him about that. All very uh, Worth, worthy, uh, worthy issues, right? Uh, so it won't take just a few minutes. These topics wouldn't take a lot of his time. And, and you've even planned this well, and you're carrying a bag of lemon cookies from Ham and Goodies from Dale's restaurant. And you want to share those with the president so he can and, and share those with his family. So with the bag of cookies in hand and a smile on your face, you step up to the gate and you, you proudly proclaim that you're here to see the president. And, and the guard says, okay, what is your name? And you just, you know, you, you're like an orator as you deliver him your, your name. And he looks on the list and he looks back at you and he looks back on the list and he says, you're not, you don't have an appointment. And then you say, I have to have an appointment? And he says, yes, you have to have an appointment to see the president. And then you say, well, how do I get an appointment? And then he says, you have to, get, you have to call the, the staff office. And then you say, okay, that's great. What's the number? And he said, it's not published, that number. It's a private number. And then you, well, how am I going to get them to call? How can I call them if I don't know the number? And he says, they have to call you. And, and you know, odds are that you're not going to get that call. So you kind of grumble, and you turn, and you begin your journey home. And your questions are unanswered and your needs are unmet, and you were so close. You were physically uh, so, so close. You know, if the president just would have walked out on the greens, you could have waved to him. Kind of so close, but, but yet so far. You're separated. You know, you're separated. There's a fence there. There's a guard there that has, you know, a, a gun. Uh, there's the secret service that you 
that, that are there you probably don't see. And then there's this whole staff there. There's so many barriers between you and your final destination. You're so close, but, but yet so far. And that's just the physical barriers. What about the unseen barriers? Like, number one is time. You know, the president doesn't have time uh, for, for, for your issues. Uh, status, you don't have enough uh, on that particular day, of course. And then protocol, which follows what we just, what we just heard. You have to follow these, these steps. So all you've basically learned is a, is a, is a hard lesson. Uh, so you turn and you start to make your, your way uh, back home. And you've, you've learned you don't have access to the, the president. Your, your meeting with the commander-in-chief is just not going to happen. So you take your ideas about world peace and fire hydrant colors and, and tuition uh, back with you. Unless, unless, unless he spots you on the sidewalk. Let's say the president looked out and he saw you and he says to his, his uh, chief of staff, you see that person with those cookies? You know, I kind of feel, feel some pity for them. Why don't you invite them in to talk to me? I'd like to talk to them for a minute. And if he gives that command, everything changes. All the barriers drop. The Oval Office probably calls the head of security. The head of security calls the gate and the gate calls your name and you're, you're invited in, you're invited into the old Oval Office. Only minutes before that, that access was denied, but, but now the same guard, the same gates, the same Secret Service, the same staff, now you can get to where you, you could not get uh, before. You're, so things have changed drastically, but also you've changed a little bit because now you are special, right? You are special. You've been chosen. Why? Because the guy that was up there looked down on the, on the person down here and invited, invited you, you in. So you are now uh, special. Uh, you, know, and I, you and I both know we probably don't want to hold our breath uh, to be invited uh, to see the president. Uh, more than likely, no, unless a special circumstance, no invitation uh, will, will arrive. But here's the transition. When it comes to God... When it comes to God, pick up your cookies because the, this invitation has already arrived. This invitation has already been given. You have been spotted, you have been heard, and you have been invited. Uh, what, what was once separated, what once separated us has now been, been removed. Why? Why? Because the curtain was torn. The curtain was torn, uh, it was opened. The curtain was open. We heard it in our scripture tonight. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us, hear these last words, through the curtain that is his body. So those, la those last words, the curtain in Christ's body. So we look at this, we say this means that the curtain represents Jesus. And what happened to Jesus' flesh happened to the curtain. So what happened to his flesh? As we all know, it was torn. His flesh was torn. His flesh was torn by the whips. His, his flesh was torn by the thorns. His flesh was torn by the weight of the cross, by the points of the nails. But in the horror of torn flesh, we see the splendor of, a, of an open door. Tomorrow's meditation will come from Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 and 51. 
And it reads, But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and died. Then the curtain in the temple was torn in two pieces from the top to the bottom. So the curtain was torn and the veil that hung before the Holy of Holies was, was removed. You know, the Holy of Holies uh, was a part of the temple that no one could go in. You know, the, the Jewish people were able to worship in the courtyard and the priests were able to go into the temple but not, not behind the curtain. Only the high priest once a year was allowed behind the curtain. Uh, so there was, there was no, uh, no entry into this area. Why? Because the glory of God was in that area, the Holy of Holies. If, if you were told that you could walk into the, o- the Oval Office uh, today, you might chuckle and, 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 and think that you know, somebody's trying to pull your leg. You multiply that by a thousand, and that's what a Jewish person would think if you told them they could go into the Holy of Holies. They would think you're like a few bagels short of a dozen. Uh, but no one, no one but the high priest, only once a year got to enter the Holy of Holies because that's where God's glory resides. And to, meet, to, to enter in there actually meant death. Le- Leviticus 16.1 says, Two of Aaron's sons died when they entered the Holy of Holies in order to offer sacrifice to the Lord. So the veil, the curtain, made a bold statement. It, it made a statement that says, no, fur- no further, no farther, excuse me. This is where you stop. God is holy. He is separate from us. We are sinners. We're, we're not to be, there has to be distance between him and, and us. And I, as I was meditating on this, on this uh, chapter this week, I think that's the problem. I think that's our, our problem. We know that God is good. We know that we are not. And we feel f- far from God. Uh, the words of Job kind of land this, this point. If only there was a mediator who could, who could bring us together, Job 9.33. And we know the answer, there is. There is. The good news is there is. Jesus did not leave us with an unapproachable God. Yes, God is holy. Yes, we are sinful. But yes, 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 Jesus is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 says there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So, so what appeared as cruelty to man was actually the sovereignty of, of God. And on Good Friday, we mourn the words of Matthew. It says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I I have a visual. It's almost like the hands of heaven were were waiting for that moment. And in that moment, Jesus' death, it was torn from top to bottom. That instant, no, no hesitation, no delay. So what does the, curt, the torn curtain mean? Well, to a Jewish person, it, it meant no more barriers between God and the Holy of Holies that we just talked about. No more need for a priest uh, to go between them and God. And as we read in the scripture tonight, there's no need for animal sacrifice to atone for our sin. But what about for us? What does the torn curtain mean uh, to us? It means that we are welcome to enter into God's presence any day and any time. This barrier of sin is down. 
it's down. But we have a tendency to put that curtain back up, I think. We have a tendency to put that barrier back in place. While there's no curtain in the temple, I think oftentimes there's a curtain in our hearts. You know, our guilty conscience becomes a curtain that separates us from God. And as a result, we kind of hide from our master. That thought of hiding from our master reminds me of our only daughter, and her name is Sandy, and she has four legs. And uh, Sandy and I, uh, we, we get to spend a lot of, a lot of time together. And um, on, the, on my diet, I eat a lot of beef jerky. She thought when I started eating beef jerky that I started eating dog food. And I think Becky agrees with that, with that assumption. But, so, <clears throat> excuse me, so we eat our beef jerky uh, together, usually in the office. And then I'll put that bag in the, in the trash can right there in, in the office. And, and Sandy's the smartest dog I've ever had. But the temptation of that bag in the trash brings the evil person out, or the evil dog out in her. And when we're gone, and I don't blame her, if I was stuck in the house all day with dog food, I'd probably dig in the trash a little bit as well. So she digs in the trash and she gets that bag out. The funny part is she knows it's empty because we ate it, but she'll take that bag out and she'll rip it up and it'll be all over the floor. So if this is consistent enough, I'll come in and I'll see the bag and I'm like, I shouldn't have put it in that trash can. And I'll pick it up and I'll put it back in the in the right trash can. She's still nowhere to be found. You know, she took over our, our uh, laundry basket in the closet as her bed, and she'll be in that, that laundry basket for hours. And, 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 and finally she'll come out, but she doesn't realize that I'm over it. She thinks I'm still angry. So she comes to me and her tail's down and her head's down because she still feels that, that guilt. It's an obvious application here. God is not angry with you. He's already dealt with your mistake. But, but maybe somewhere, sometime, somehow, maybe you dug in the trash just a, a little bit and you've been avoiding your master. That, that veil of guilt is still separating you from Jesus. You wonder if, if you could only feel close to him again. And the message of the torn flesh is for you tonight that God welcomes you. God is not avoiding you. God is not resisting you. The curtain is down and the door is open and God invites you in. And I pray, if this is speaking to you, that you don't trust your, your conscience. You trust the cross. And you know the veil was split. That's this table that we're going to approach tonight uh, is open. You are more than welcome into God's presence. The invitation has already arrived, and as we said, he has spotted you, he has heard you, and he has invited you, and you don't even have to bring cookies. Amen.